The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to continue our discussion about the best practices for procurement and the use of buyer intelligence data. Joining us is Katie Bullard, who is the President and Chief Growth Officer at Discover.org, which is a solution that provides a constant stream of highly accurate and actionable company contact and buyer intelligence data that can be used to find, connect with, and sell to target buyers more effectively. Yesterday, Katie and I talked about why B2B brands are collecting and using customer data. And today we're going to turn the script a little and talk to Katie about her growth strategies at Discover Org, including some of the acquisitions that she recently made. Okay, here is the second part of our interview with Katie Bullard, the President and Chief Growth Officer at Discover Org. Katie, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Glad to be back, Ben. Great to have you here again. I'm excited to continue our conversation. Yesterday, we were focused on why companies are using pre-sale data, why they're doing data enrichment, and some of the ways that that's manifesting itself into business results. And you mentioned in the podcast that you are not necessarily a marketer by trade. You sort of came up through the government ranks and and have some acquisition and M&A experience as well. And you've moved from being the chief growth officer at Discover Org to being the president and recently acquired a couple companies. So I'm interested to hearing about the evolution of your company, the growth of it, and how your marketing strategies have changed. Let's just start off by talking about a little history about Discover Org and what were some of the ways that you were using to grow the business before your acquisitions. First of all, I can't take credit for the vast majority of Discover Org's history. I joined about three years ago now. The company was founded in 2007. And really the whole impetus behind the original founding of Discover Org was to provide the highest quality data for specifically at that time, people who sold into IT departments to not only give great data on what their names were and their titles and the companies, but to understand what the organizations looked like, what they cared about within those organizations to go really deep. So if I'm a salesperson selling into you know, a complex IT organization, I, I sort of am armed with all the information I knew. That was the original impetus behind Discover Org. And the company has grown astronomically. So Inc. 5000 list for eight straight years, and that's irrespective of acquisitions, right? Organic growth was just incredible. So when I joined about three years ago, we were about a $50 million company. 
And we still focused for the most part on selling to people who sold into the IT department. We had started to diversify beyond that. And we built out our data sets for marketing departments, sales departments, engineering departments. And then right after I got here, HR and legal departments. But it was still a pretty focused niche on going really deep in a couple of buying centers. That obviously was a fantastic market for us. It had created a ton of growth, a very profitable and scalable business. But the biggest opportunity that we were missing out on was one, if you sold outside of any of the departments we covered, we really didn't have data for you. And we tended to profile the largest companies in the space. And we know that there are a lot of companies out there, even huge companies who sell to small businesses. And we didn't cover the SMB market as well. So as we looked at our growth strategy and what made sense, we knew we could go build that data. We could certainly go collect the data and verify the data. But we also knew there were other companies out there that filled that part of the market really well. And we could go partner with them and create a complementary offering. Ultimately, that's what led to our very recent acquisition of ZoomInfo. Before we get into the acquisition of ZoomInfo, I'm curious to hear a little bit more about what was driving that growth from inception to being a $50 million in revenue business for Discover Org. You're vertically focused, right? You're engineering, you expanded to marketing and HR and some of the other verticals. And you mentioned it was organic growth. Are you using your own dog food, just doing list enrichment and doing email outreach? Or were there other marketing channels that you were working? Yes and yes. So when I came on board, we were about 50 million. As of the end of last year, pre-acquisition of ZoomInfo, we were at 170 million. And I think the thing that drove us was that, yes, one, we ate our own dog food. We built Discover Org for Discover Org. We also have a very diversified and efficient go-to-market engine. So I think some companies, they like to solely rely on one thing or the other. I'm going to solely rely on my inbound channel. I'm going to solely rely on my SDR and cold calling channel. I'm going to solely rely on content leads or events. And what we knew, even if it was at a small scale, was that all of those things feed each other. So you have to do a little bit of all of that. So we invested in an outbound prospecting team that used Discover Org for Discover Org, that invested in really great sales engagement tools to make sure that nothing was falling through the cracks. I bet you got a great deal on getting those leads too. We did get a great deal on that. Well, we started to build it because at the time we didn't have the sales or marketing data set, but yeah, we did go build it out. We also invested in our inbound channel. We invested in not only driving leads to the website and being very smart about who we drove because we knew that we didn't serve everybody at the time. So we really focused on getting ourselves in front of the buyers that were most likely to buy from us. But then more importantly, we made sure that none of those leads fell through the crack. So we took our SDR team and we actually split them into an inbound and an outbound team. The inbound team has literally a 90-second SLA to reply to an inbound lead that comes in to make sure that we don't miss any of that. And then, of course, our outbound team is going after their named target accounts. So having just a really, really efficient and well-oiled go-to-market machine was one of the most important things that we did. The other thing we did was we happened to build a product that was very different in the market that there were very few Apple to Apple products out there that were doing the sort of organizational structure, the buying scoops, the intent, and all of the company and contact data to a level of accuracy and quality that DiscoverOrg did. So Henry Schuck, who's our CEO and co-founder, understood that market, he understood that need, and he built something that everybody needs and wants. 
So I understand the idea of you're using your own dog food. You're able to build these lists or you're able to build the technology to build the lists for your own lead generation. You have an outbound SDR team that is sending emails and or dialing for dollars to try to drum up outbound leads. And then you have an inbound team that is fielding all of the form fills. There's a piece that's missing there for me, which is how are you driving the targeted traffic to convert into the form fills? Is that all content driven? Are you doing performance marketing? What was the actual digital marketing strategy you were applying? So we did invest in content. We invested in very targeted content. We invested in a video strategy that drove up our SEO rankings as well. We obviously invested in some paid advertising, although it was relatively limited. To be honest, you will be surprised by this, but the marketing budget historically at Discover Org has been less than 3% of revenue, and it drives 60% of the new sales revenue. Those guys need a raise. Uh, I know. (laughs) So when I say it's efficient, I really do mean it's efficient. So we went to very targeted events. We're really smart about our events. We don't do a lot of big branded booths or things like that. We went to the events where we knew our target buyers were and those at the time, right, early on sales and marketing teams that sold two very specific buying centers. We had an ABM program, certainly. We had a list of about 5,000 target accounts. Not only were we doing some outbound prospecting to them, but the marketing team was following up with ad retargeting, with direct mail pieces to really make sure that we captured all of that interest. We obviously had our content strategy. We had a webinar strategy. We had a video strategy. Like I said, we did a little bit of everything on a very small budget. But I think it was because we knew who our target buyer was so well. And I think that's one of the things we talk to our customers about is if you don't know your ideal customer profile, you don't know who fits that, you're going to waste a lot of time and a lot of money. So that gets you to the point where you're sitting on a winner, right? You're going from $50 million in revenue to 100 and I believe you said 70 over the three years you were there pre-acquisition. And you're faced with the notion that you have the ability to go horizontally to create other job functions that you can target. And for the most part, Discover Org was focused on the enterprise level companies, but you have the ability to go down market and focused on the SMBs. Instead of building that yourself, you decide to acquire a couple of companies, Zoom Info being one of them. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. 
Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Talk to me about the rationale behind that acquisition and how did it change your company's focus and calling? You're right. We could go out and build it. I think what we knew was we knew that Zoom Info just did such a fantastic job covering the breadth of the market and doing it actually with very high quality as well. You know, they didn't have the human verification layer that Discover Org had. But across 100 million contacts, there really wasn't a better database that was out there. So our thought was just, let's join forces with this company that's also growing incredibly fast. We don't want to slow down the growth that we have at Discover Org to go spend a year building this out if we don't have to. We had investors that were really interested in bringing these businesses together too. And it really is a one plus one equals three scenario for us. So as Discover Oregon Zoom Info join forces, now you have a wider breadth and a more horizontal breadth of services. You can reach both up market and down market. You're not specifically tied to individual job functions. How has that changed your marketing mix? And how did you manage the marketing of the multiple brands? I should start by saying we only completed this acquisition less than three months ago. So... We are still selling both of these platforms. We are still marketing both of these platforms. Historically, there actually has been very little overlap in our customer base or even in our pipeline. So that has not been difficult to do in the short term. We are looking to bring together the best of these platforms, but we haven't gone to market with that yet. So that's something we're working on over the course of this next year. And what we're doing is we're bringing the breadth and the comprehensiveness of the Zoom Info data to the depth and the insights and the quality of the Discover Org data so that our customers, and when I say customers, our joint group of you know almost 15,000 customers now can get information on all the accounts that they care about but they can also look at the deep organizational charts or they can decide to look at only the contacts that have been validated in the last three to six months or that are guaranteed to have an incredibly low bounce rate if they were to send an email to them. So we're bringing that together literally right now. We're working on our branding strategy literally right now. And we're bringing together our go-to-market teams literally right now. So I don't have a perfect answer for you. If you talk to me later this year, we'll be able to dive into that. My takeaway here is, you know, we're all marketers listening to this podcast and hearing your story. And the interesting thing to me is that instead of building and marketing a service, one of the growth channels for you was acquisition, where you were able to tap into different markets. And there's a huge trade-off, and I'm sure that there's lots of complexity into acquiring a company. I'm curious to hear about the cost-benefit analysis for the marketers here that are also sitting on a winning lottery ticket and looking for ways that they can continue to expand their brand beyond just the services that they're already offering. How did you go about figuring out whether it was a worthwhile investment to buy another company to get the horizontal and vertical integration that we talked about? Yeah, so there were a lot of people involved in that, obviously. I think for us, at the end of the day, what we looked at is how long would it take us to build a comparable data set? How long would it take us and how much would it cost us? 
to build that out. And in the meantime, how much opportunity would we be losing out on while we built it out versus the cost to actually acquire it immediately and the opportunity to actually increase the value that we were delivering to our existing customers. So a big piece of actually the story here was not just, hey, we can now go sell to markets that we couldn't sell to before, but we can actually retain our customers even more so. Because one of the things that we found was that if we sold to a customer who ultimately decided actually like, I'm going to spin up an SMB sales team and Discover doesn't have the data I need for the SMB team. So maybe I'll just add Zoom info on to that. Or maybe I'm ultimately going to have to choose between one or the other. We didn't want them to have to make that choice. So there's the cost benefit of, again, new sales in the market to capture, but also our ability to just serve our customers better. And when I say serve our customers better, I mean the Discover our customers and the Zoom info customers. Because on the flip side, Zoom info... They had acquired Datanize to build out their technographics and Discover Org had built out technographics. They were looking at intent partnerships. They were looking at the kind of insights that the Discover Org team had done previously as well. So they were also not going to have to invest in as many of those things and again, retain their customer base at a much higher clip when these platforms come together. I think the other thing that we recognized was that in order to build the product where we needed to capture the market that we knew was out there, we also had to build our team. We had to build up and invest in a team. And we knew the Zoom Info team. We knew how talented they were and what they had done over the last many years. And being able to bring two incredibly talented teams together was really powerful. And I think one of the things that was most interesting post-acquisition was that we recognized how complementary our two strengths were. I think we sort of knew that, we hypothesized that going in, but it was proven true. And I'll give you one very specific example. I mentioned earlier that Discover Org had built this very powerful go-to-market engine with an inbound SDR team, an outbound SDR team. Part of that was because we had to, because our market was so small, we had to go get everything we could out of that market. Well, Zoomova was almost dealing with the opposite. Like they had so much traffic and so many leads And they didn't have to do that in the same level. But what they did have to do was they had built up this incredible engineering team, this incredible team focused on data science and machine learning that Discover.org had historically not had to invest in. And so when we brought these two things together and we took the same sort of go-to-market engine and applied it to the Zoom Info side and brought this engineering and data science resource over to the combined engineering team, it has just been unbelievably impressive. Yeah, it sounds like on multiple different fronts, this served as a growth strategy, not only from being able to acquire the prospective down market customers and the business that Zoom Info already have, you have a different technology stack. And there's also a component of it where you're building your team and building your capabilities. And you mentioned like the machine learning and AI component that Zoom Info was specialized in, as opposed to the go to market strategies that Discover Org had already cultivated. Exactly. Well, Katie, it's really fascinating to hear. We talk a lot about different marketing channels, about how to acquire customers. And we very much take a ground floor approach to who are the people that you should be reaching out to? What are the channels that you use? How do those channels work? It's really fascinating to hear a growth strategy that is really buying customers in bulk through acquisition. And you're the first person to come onto the show to talk about that. So I appreciate you telling us a little bit about your strategies, about the stories, and for you joining our show. Thank you so much for having me.
All right. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Katie Bullard, the President and Chief Growth Officer at Discover Org, for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Katie, you can click on the link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send her a tweet at Katie underscore E Bullard. That's K-A-T-I-E underscore E underscore B-U-L-L-A-R-D. Or you can visit her company's website, which is discoverorg.com. A couple links to follow up on in our show notes. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, don't worry about it. We've got you covered. Just head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. And if you're a subscriber to the MarTech Podcast, thanks for being a member of our community. We always want to hear from you, so we created benjshap.com slash question, where you can send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. My handle is benjshap on LinkedIn and on Twitter. It's B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we publish episodes every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. And if you'd prefer to have our content delivered to your inbox, we have a once a week newsletter with links to our audio players, episode summaries, and the contact information for our guests. To subscribe, go to benjshap.com newsletter. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.